0: everyone, my name is Cameron Cammer, and welcome back to another episode of the IT Curio Podcast, where we explore the ever-changing landscape of technology, cybersecurity, and managed IT services. I'm your host, and today we have a special guest who's going to shed some light on a topic that's becoming increasingly important for businesses of all sizes cyber insurance. And our guest today is Rhett Bray, he's the founder of Beacon Path. A company that specializes in helping businesses navigate the complex world of insurance. Welcome to the show, Rhett. How are you today? I'm good, Cameron. Thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you. Thank you for being here. Rhett, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about your company, Beacon Path?
1: Yeah, you know, certainly. Uh, Beacon Path, we look to um, design, implement, and manage business programs for a small to medium-sized company. Um, and that that arena is business insurance, employee benefits, compliance, and, and HR. Um, and our companies that we work with are, are typically, we might call them on the smaller end, companies usually about 100 and 120 employees and under. And what we have found is they just don't have the bandwidth in regards to employees to be able to manage All the areas that it takes to run the business while we find the owners want to work to grow and scale their business, which is what their job is to look to do. But the more successful they get, they become a bigger target out there in the real world. Um, And there's exposures to these risks is that we talk about with them and how we look to kind of mitigate those exposures. And then we look to transfer that risk onto deeper pockets. So that's what we do. Hopefully allowing that business owner to um, reach their goals and dreams, knowing that this business is most likely the main vehicle to get them there.
0: That's a noble goal. We wish you the best with continued success with that. That's for sure. Businesses are changing. They're becoming much more technologically advanced and connected uh, to the World Wide Web, to the Internet of Things, and that is creating new risks. Isn't that right? You know, you're absolutely right, and,
1: and thinking about this as we talk to our, our business owners is that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they might have been concerned about something breaking into their office through the front door, through the window, coming in through the roof. In this day and age, they're not going to come in through the front door. They're not going to come in through the windows. They're going to crawl in through their cable line. It's going to come in through their computers, and one of the areas that we found that kind of gets overlooked is your mobile phones and your laptops is this is where the break-ins are going to happen and they're going to happen there because the bigger this is where the biggest rewards are for the enemy which is the ability to get into a company's data their database actually goes through them and more to their clients the access they have there so it has really changed um, in these last uh, several years in regards to the exposure that businesses have and the pain that they can inflict on their vendors and their customers without ever knowing about it.
0: So there's a relatively new product out there, uh, cyber insurance, and it's becoming uh, more important uh, and businesses are having a lot of questions about that. You know, I'm here, I'm hearing a lot. Can you give us an overview of what cyber insurance is and why it's becoming increasingly important?
1: Yes. And and I'm going to, I hate that I'm going to do this with stories up, but I'm, I'm going to give this to you as an analogy, is that cybersecurity and the security of a business is kind of like having a, a, a really good mechanic for your car. They keep it running well, it's humming along, it's doing fine. But you get in a crash or an accident, and your cybersecurity is, is nothing that can help you. That's where you have cyber insurance. That's the reason you have automobile insurance is that you get a crash on your automobile insurance, It's going to pay for now the repairs of your car. The policy might have that they're going to give you a rental car uh, at their expense so you have it for a couple days or weeks. Uh, And it's also going to pay for the damage you've inflicted on that third party. And that's the difference we're finding, is that the exposures that businesses have have only increased with technology. And having um, an IT department, which is we get quite often. We have IT, either we have a department inside or we've outsourced it to somebody. And they're making sure that we're all solid and we're all good. And, you know, that's probably your first line of defense. But the kind of the saying that goes in in this area, it's not a matter of if you're going to be breached. It's just a matter of when. And what we look to do in all lines of insurance, but in this area specifically, is to transfer that risk, which is financial exposure you have. um, They have these problems paid for and taken care of. So in regards to cyber insurance now that we have in this day and age, is that this has become a kind of a resolve to this exposure that you have so that maybe you can stay in business if you have this breach. And I'll mention this to you, is that it's a statistic that came through Towers and Watson that 6% of the small businesses that have a breach or an attack is that they're no longer in existence six months after the attack. They just cannot weather the storm. Um, And one of the things that we have found, too, and it's kind of this thought out there, is that small businesses say, well, I'm too small. Nobody's going to hack me. My bank accounts aren't big like Target's are or Kmart's are, so they're not going to come after me. Or CVS is that they're not that interested in you. They're interested in the people that you know, your clients, their bank accounts, their sense of information. So. Um, you're not really the target. You are just the means of them working themselves up the stream to get to where they really want to get to. And right. small businesses compared to the large ones have intensity that they haven't invested or they don't understand that the cybersecurity and the protections through a cyber policy are important for them to have, just for them to kind of weather a,
0: a terrible storm, right? And from your perspective, Rhett, what types of threats do you hear about most from businesses today? Well, you know, um, they they really don't know. I mean,
1: and we sat in this position too with my company, which is a small company. It says we really don't know. We're just trying to move along, help businesses run a business, and so on and so forth. Is that? But I'm going to take a look and, and mention this one: phishing is. 85 to 95% of where the attacks come and where companies Beautiful. get breached. And that I didn't know again. This isn't fishing with an F and to see if I'm getting some tuna off the West Coast. This, right. is, this is bad guys <laughs> that look to play games with you and mirrors with you to see if you will bite on some bait that they've thrown onto your email or whatever. Right. Um, and that allows them to get into your computer. So, fishing is is the biggest um, item that gets there. We have malware or malware on that Uh, inside threat inside threats, which uh, businesses may have a disgruntled employee. And we had, we had a business we talked to uh, a few months ago that ended up with a breach because they had a disgruntled employee who had access to sensitive materials of their clients and put it out on the internet. And it, the company weathered the storm, but it took. them They said three years to get themselves financially back where they were. It, it embarrassed them within their clients. They lost many, many clients and tried to build that that rapport back. Uh, was a question uh, on that. So it can come within um, your your company, and that again is where it happens more often than not. It's not always a disgruntled employee. It's employees that aren't educated enough to understand these signs that come through. And what we have now that happens, and I'm sure you put it in with your clients, Cameron, is that I get emails every day that come up and my security side says, this is email from such and such, it looks like it's phishing. And I tell you, uh, I'm scared to death. I just I just delete them all. I just delete them off. There's other emails that come that I'm not too sure and they look really authentic. They have beacon pass and name kind on it and so on. Um, and I, we've checked this. So education is huge uh,
0: Absolutely. for business. That's one of the things we do here for free at the IT Curio podcast is cybersecurity awareness training for businesses. So if you guys want to get some free training for your employees, you know we're always here to help out with that. Rhett, you got you know you guys are invited too, and we try to make it fun. You know a lot of these cybersecurity awareness trainings that businesses do, they're pre-recorded and you watch for 10 minutes, and then there's a little five question, you know, questionnaire at the end where you click the right answer. And uh, half the time, the employees, they're just on their phone. And then they just keep clicking until through the process of elimination, they pass all the tests, they're not even listening. So what we try to do is really, you know, make it fun. The guy who does the training, uh, DJ Foreman, who you met at the San Francisco Business Expo, uh, he is very entertaining. He's funny. He does magic tricks. So if you guys want to uh, do that, it's just something that we're, we want to do for business owners to help out, to do our part, to, you know, there's a big crisis out there and everybody needs to pitch in and do their part. And then we get some clients out of it sometimes too. So, you
1: know, if I might mention this also to you, Cameron, which makes your business very, very, very important in coupling both cyber insurance and, and cybersecurity is that many people think that insurance companies are just anxious to take your premiums and insure you. Security- And they're not you know they want they're interested in the risk that they're exposed to so is that part of the requirements for cyber insurance is going to be the education of your employees yeah so whatever policy you might look at through whatever carrier they're just not anxious to take your money and say we'll insure you for these risks that are out there uh, unless you follow some of their guidelines and training is a big part of their guidelines for your people to understand and identify these yeah. risks that come uh, on a daily basis, and that's huge. So this partnership of you as a cybersecurity, along with a person like us or or broker that a company might work with, is that that team is important to have in place
0: together. It's a two-stage uh, safety net, essentially. Absolute, absolutely. We, you know, we do a very good job. Protecting our clients, and you know we always do the best. But there's no 100% protection against these cyber threats. Some get through. Uh, the majority we can stop, but some will get through. And if that happens, you better have somebody like uh, Beacon Path to uh, be there as that that final safety net. How does cyber insurance mm-hmm. actually work, Rhett? How does it help mitigate these risks associated with these threats? Our clients. Protected from these financial losses, should there be a, an issue where they were first taking steps, the appropriate steps to protect themselves, are they covered? Well, yes, they can be,
1: and here's where I'm going to split hairs with you for a second because there's a difference I talk about on reduce uh, on reducing or mitigating the risk and then transferring the the cost. So, in, in this team of you and I, or a business might have it, is that. We would look to you to assist, to mitigate the exposures that a business would have, okay? Is that our side is from the insurance side, that policy is to transfer the risk that is inherent with the exposure that they have. And that's why it's important that both sides come. So in some clients and companies we've talked to, the first thing they've said to us when, we, when the idea of cyber insurance comes up, they go, we have an IT company or we have an IT department, and they got everything handled. They're doing fine. So, And I don't mean to be a smart aleck, but I really like this question, is that then you should go to your IT company or your security company and ask them to sign off that they guarantee that you can't be hacked. Would you guys sign off on that, Cameron?
0: Never. We would never do that.
1: And and that's the difference right there, is that as good as any IT or – cybersecurity company is, they understand, as you do, if they're honest, I can't sign that piece of paper. I can't guarantee that. That's where the cyber insurance comes into place. Because, again, if, but we think most likely when, is that you are going to get breached. And that comes with horrendous headaches. Time, effort, data retrieval, customer third-party lawsuits, is that it sure. comes with a ton of people that want to be made whole again, and they're going to look to you to be made whole, and that's where your insurance comes into play. I
0: like your I like your uh, car analogy, and I could I could make that same analogy for managed IT services and cybersecurity. Is that uh, you know I can put good brakes on your car, I can make sure that you have good tires, I can make sure that you have airbags in your car, but I can't ever promise that you won't get in an accident. Uh,
1: that's absolutely that's absolutely true. Uh, and great mechanic and everything, but
0: their job isn't, they're not going to be able to help you. That's why you have insurance. That's right. Are there any misunderstandings that people have about cyber insurance? I get so many questions about it, which is one of the reasons why I was so excited to meet you uh, at the convention. And, uh, you know, people just don't, they want to know about the insurance, but they don't really understand it. Uh, could you really... Talk about why that might be, and you know, what, what do you think the ch- biggest challenges are for businesses understanding cyber insurance?
1: You, you know, it kind of falls back into the old adage of, is that it won't happen to us. It's like my buildings never burned down. We've been running this company for twenty years. We've never had an accident with our vans or our trucks. Um, no one's ever slipped and fall or fell in, in our warehouse, and, and we've been good. Um, so they they have this kind of belief is that they're going to be okay and it's good that they have. Um, and they take a look at this in a way that it's a cost. And I think they should take a look at it. It's an investment. This is why in our, in our first talks with uh, business owners, we want to ask them about their goals and their dreams. What do they want this business to do for, is that at some point in time you're going to look the retire, you're going to sell it, you're going to give it to your, family or employees, but you're going to do something with it, but to protect it so that at the end of this journey, it's going to still be there for you. So you have general liability and you can ask them why they have that. You have a car, you have commercial auto, you have workers comp because you have to have it and stuff. But this cyber insurance is one of those, which is it's not required and it's not demanded. So if the business owner's mentality is that this is a cost that I don't have in my budget, is that that's where we find our first mistake. And they have a tendency sometimes to look at us as being salespeople, that we're trying to sell a product so we can make some additional commission and we can buy a bigger car. Um, And with the right partner, and we believe this is where our, our soul comes, and I believe with you too, and there are other brokers that feel the same way, is that our job is to make sure we can protect you, take care of you, and let you expand and grow your business until that final reach. And if we don't talk to you about what your exposures are and the opportunities you have to, to re, kind of transfer those risks, we're not doing our job right. Now, you have that right as a business owner to say yes or no, and that's fine with us. Just that I don't want to get a phone call two months from now, a year and a half from now, and said, we've had a data breach. Is that we've been compromised, and um, so what are we going to do about this, Rhett? And it's going to be well. I'm, I'm sorry, John, but we talked about this last year. Is that you do have a breach? Uh, You'll need a good attorney
0: right.
1: to move you through these waters um, because your IT person or your security person, IT security, isn't going to is going to have some information for you, but right. you have uh, you have a really big big problem. So. This is where I think we find at first with them is one, they think that we're trying to sell things to, they think it's right. an option and it certainly is three for them to understand. Really, if we're doing, if we can do a good job in explaining the exposure and what it can mean to your business it means to your employees, it means to your name that you've been working, having this business the last five years, 10 years, 20 years, you got it from your parents is that this world today is your attack is not going to come, as I said, it's not coming through the front door. It's not coming through the windows or the ceiling. Right. It's going to come right in through the walls, uh, through your desktop, through your laptop. Uh, and one that they forget a lot is that your phones, mobile, people keep passwords in there. They keep their business emails come through there. Um, your exposures are
0: just multiplied when you have those kind of items that are out there. Let's Very true. So, Rhett, can you share with us some happy stories to kind of counteract some of these scary stories. Do you have any examples where cyber insurance has made a difference for a business that you could share with us?
1: Yes, and and it was actually two of our clients that that we had, both small. um, And when we first heard about it is that we received the email from them, which they have to send out to all their clients, all the businesses they had touched to, that they had been breached. They believe they have it now corralled. They think it's only been restricted to emails or this or that. Um, So we knew that they were following the guidelines that they were getting from their cyber insurance, which is one of the the big things that comes with cyber insurance. Besides the deep pockets is the guidance, the legal support, the expertise that comes with that. um, Once, if you're breached, it was your first phone call is to them, and they're going to start walking you through the steps that, you, that you're that you just not familiar with. Your life is going to stop for a while. I mean, it's just all shut down for a while. Um, and they start that communications out, and then as the uh, insurance uh, people and their legal beagles start to work on if your data has been frozen from you or how you get back to access that. But um, they're kind of little in the giddy-up was they, they found a breach. Um, it was limited and um, handled or corralled very, very quickly um, in a combination with their um, security people uh, on that. Um, but then started the process where they had to, which is the tough side for you as a business, we gotta let all of our clients and all of our people know that we've been breached. And whatever they might think about us, they're gonna think about us, but we've been breached and we're taking action. We can immediately, to um reduce any exposures we have um and there's two there's two places where you have these risks that come one is the risk that you have and the cost you have of getting your own data bank data back if you have any any ransomware that you have to pay um getting to your data and where it might be Uh, and the second risk is the exposure of the third parties which is your vendors and or your clients Um, if any of them have been financially now touched because they can't continue to run their operation, they can't move their materials to their people, is that they're financially now impacted. And like anybody, they're looking for somebody that's going to make them whole. And you are the first person on their radar. And they might feel badly for you, but they're going to ask you for money. Um, And that's where your cyber insurance comes into play.
0: What criteria, Rhett, do insurance companies typically look at when they are assessing a business's eligibility for cyber insurance.
1: Um, And I'm going to read a little bit off this exposure list that we've had from uh, some of our underwriters. So there will be kind of like a survey or questionnaire that they're going to ask you to complete because they're they're like a doctor. You walk in, you say, you're not feeling good. They're going to ask you questions to determine what it might be. So they want to find out where you are at in regards to protections you have in place and so on. So some of those questions get to be, does your organization perform periodic cybersecurity awareness training? Training, they know, is huge because the attacks usually come from a mistake made by an employee. That's where they come from. So they're going to really want to know about education, ongoing education that you have with your employees. Does your organization provide email, quarantine, and screening? Um, they want to look at that. Does your organization have a strong password policy? And this is not. This is for everybody within your company. Does your organization have a disaster recovery and business continuity plan? Not that when it happens. Now we're trying to figure out what to do. This is in advance, so that if it happens, is that you're going to the war room. You're going to break open the safe, and you're going to read the items that you have put in place. Guidance from your IT people and guidance from your insurance company on the steps you need to take, how quickly and in order that they go. Does your organization regularly back up data to a secure offsite? And I think your IT people would look to do that. So um, does your organization employ access control measures using only access data required to do jobs? So that not everybody as an employee has access to your total database of information. Supervisors have theirs. Other people in different departments only have access to information as pertinent for them to do their job. They don't have access completely to all the data that a business has. So those are some of the, the areas that they're going to ask about. They want to kind of get a feeling of where you're at, and then they'll make suggestions on how you start to shore these other areas that are weak up.
0: How can businesses who may not have any idea what some of those things are better prepare themselves to qualify for cyber insurance?
1: Well, you know, here's what's funny. What First thing I answer the question, they need to talk to you. They need to talk to people like you because I can read this off, but these are only words. This is like the English language, but I still have no idea what the heck it means. You know, I mean, the words I can read and I think I know what they mean, but they don't, um, so they need to talk with or work with a good cybersecurity company and ask the question, which is, this bothers us and worries us that we could be breached. I've heard of nightmares. I've had a friend or one of my other business associates I know about, his company got breached. And it was just, I mean, worse than your worst nightmare. It was hell financially. He was wondering if they were to stay in place. They're... they're um, their vendors and their customers uh, were concerned about them and continue the business. So they need to speak with a company like you and say, we don't know what we don't know. And so let's yeah. take this from ground zero. Where would you start with them? And it might be a survey so you can yeah. understand what they have in place, what they know, what they don't know. And so once you have that, then you can start to build the the safeguards and the towers that you need to put together. See, sure. that's, that's building, I, I might call it the fence around your house. But what you need is that you need security that monitors and controls that house on a regular basis. And that's, again, what your your cybersecurity um, team does. It just doesn't build it so it looks good. And then someone the breaches in the middle of the night, they find how they go under the fence or around the fence or over the fence and that you have in place and it's, and it's an investment. It's a trade-off sure. is that you're going to invest certain dollars and cents to make sure that if there is a financial hardship that you face, is that it's not going to come out of your general funds, out of the company ESOP. It's not going to come out of any monies that you put aside for R&D or expansion, which could stymie your business or it could end your business, is that this is what I call it, we call it insurance, but transferring that risk. But they need to start with a business like you, you guys, and as you said before, Cameron, you would offer to people free either yeah. take a look at one of our our, our websites or um, our webinars that we do. Start to educate you a little bit or get somebody on board that's going to get educated a little bit and report back to you as the owner about yeah. this is what I found. This is kind of scary. We need to look at this seriously. It's a
0: great, great advice. It's great advice. Rhett, you've obviously got a lot of experience in uh, insurance for businesses. I was taking a look at your website. It's over 20 years, is it not? Yeah, yep, we've been around for a while. (laughs) (laughs) What's the one piece of advice you'd give business owners to address threats in cyber insurance?
1: You know, it's about this threat, cyber insurance, but it's about their company in whole, which is you wanna find a good partner, not a vendor. And we talk about this when we talk to businesses. We don't want to be a vendor. We don't want to just be someone to try to get money from you, commissions from you for a period of time, and that we're happy with that. We're, our interest is interest is being a really a good business partner with you. We want to understand your business. We want to understand your goals and dreams. We want to know your business well enough so we know what your exposures are and your risks are, and that we want to. Be this partner that you have an honest conversation with us in regards to as we continue to present to you what these risks are and what your alternatives and actions can be. Just like your CPA and just like your attorney is that so that you can listen to them in their advice as you work your business and that a good partner is really interested in your well-being and that you will allow them to bring ideas and thoughts to the table. That you will listen to that they can explain why they're talking to you about this and that um you can make an informed decision and that goes with all the risk but this new one this this cyber um threat that every business has is that it doesn't matter if you're a two or five man group you're a hundred employees you're 500 employees your target your cvs is that what we know is that hackers they don't care about the size. They're just looking for the end. They are, right. and their tendency is that the small business just doesn't have. I say it the bandwidth they have. Somebody that has looked into this and helped their company take action, because there's no like cyber Gestapo out there that's going to check you and say, "Do you have? Don't you have it? Is that?" They'll find out about it when you finally catch the bug, and that's this is important. this is not good. So that's what we talk to them about.
0: Well, Rhett, is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we sign off today?
1: You know, I, I'll mention this, and we kind of covered it before, is that as a business, you have a, a lot of risks and exposures you have. Otherwise, you would go work for a company and be an employee. But you've chosen not to do that. You've chosen to either buy a business, start a business, acquire one, and, and build one. And with this comes a lot of satisfaction and joy, um, and with it comes a lot of responsibility. Um, The businesses we like to work with, and Cameron, uh, as we've got to know you, uh, too, is that the way you seem to address the interest with businesses is that our job is to be a good partner with businesses, or you need to find a good partner that you work with that is interested in your well-being as a business owner. Um, They'll bring information to the table that you can make informed decisions um, and help you be that success that you've always wanted to be when you bought that business.
0: I, you know, I agree a hundred percent, and I think that, as a community of businesses, we can all bring value to the table and I'm a big believer in win win scenarios so
1: you know if I can say one last thing and i'm sure. sorry just thinking about this is that it's important to understand and read your policy is that many many businesses um, take policies and they they don't actually understand what it covers, or they do understand what it covers. But we start looking at the exclusions when we take a look at a policy. We want to know what it doesn't cover, and we had talked about this before. I think it was JD. Um, is that there are policies EJ. written out? <laughs> um, i sorry.
0: That's right.
1: There are policies written out there that sometimes have gaps and holes in them. So you mm-hmm. pay premiums, but where the most exposure is may not cover for this. So you want to understand uh, your policy. Have a good person that can explain it to you, tell you what your risks are, show you what your your risks are and how this policy um, insures for those areas so that you have a good policy. Not a policy that says cyber insurance, but they could get off the hook uh, in regards to uh, paying a claim because their exclusions are, are,
0: are quite long. Well, that wraps up another episode of the IT Curio podcast. A big thank you to Rhett Bray for joining us today and sharing his valuable insights on cyber insurance. If you want to learn more about Rhett and his company, Beacon Path, we'll have all the links in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, review us on your favorite platform. And until next time, stay safe and stay curious.